0: Welcome to My Warm Table. I'm Sonia Nolan and season two of this podcast about passion and purpose is brought to you by Females Over 45 Fitness or FOF in Victoria Park.
1: My name is Kate Chaney. My name is Bonnie Davies. My name is Madeline King. My name is
0: Valerio Fantinelli. My
1: name is Lynn Beasley. Hi, my name is Sharon Todd. My name is Lucy Cook and I'm the CEO of Space Drum. I'm the first Aboriginal female funeral director. I'm a psychologist and a professor
0: in psychology at Curtin University.
1: You're listening on Sonia Nolan's My Warm Table. Just sharing a yarn with her.
0: Have you ever been so inspired to make a difference to your community that you've left your day job to start your own charity? Well, sharing the warm table with me this week is a woman who has done just that. Alana Godridge lives and breathes her values. Alana is the CEO and founder of Motion by the Ocean and a pioneer of the Cycling Without Age movement in Western Australia. Through her charity, Motion by the Ocean, Alana advocates for stronger, more vibrant communities, and she's wheeling her way into the hearts of everyone along the northern suburb's beaches, one trishore ride at a time. Motion by the Ocean reconnects seniors and disabled communities with rippling sun, sand and a joyous, fresh saltwater breeze, and meaningful conversations for the lonely and isolated. It's free therapy, supported by a team of volunteers and the tireless, enthusiastic energy that Alana brings. Alana is a mum, a traveller and a vibrant citizen. It's clear that she uses her many skills and superpowers for good. So much good, in fact, that for three years running, she's been acknowledged and awarded Australia Day Citizenship Honours. She's been dubbed a Westfield hero, a Channel 7 RAC local champion and acknowledged by Lions International for exemplary service. Alana, what a delight it is to welcome you around
1: my warm table. That's a beautiful introduction. Thank you, Sonia. It's lovely to be here. You're so
0: welcome, Alana, and so well deserved. You've been tireless in the last few years as you've been striving to get motion by the ocean up and running. So I want to hear all about that journey. What inspired you, Alana, to, to even drop your day job and start your own charity? What was going through your mind at the time?
1: It wasn't something that I purposely set out to do. It was via circumstance. In 2017, I needed to spend more time at home. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I watched a YouTube video of a Scotsman taking a couple of seniors out on a trishore ride. This was my light bulb moment. And I just thought, this is what i meant to be doing. Uh, it was at that time that I realised, spending so much time at home, I was socially distancing myself from the community that I love. So while at home, I started gathering interest and started fundraising to bring Western Australia's first purpose-built trishore to the Sorrento community. Support was strong from the start. We now have five TriShaws and a team of 60 volunteers. They're incredible people. They hang around for a long time. We're a really tight-knit We have uh, those who uh, ride um, socially on the weekends on their own bikes. They're always the ones that want to get to the destination the fastest. We're the opposite. We're more about the journey, so we're always saying take it slowly. We very much value uh, cycling slowly. It allows us to better connect with the community around us, but... We are successful at what we do because a lot of our volunteers, they're experts in their field. I'm surrounded by incredibly professional, humble people. And I believe that's why we're as successful as what we are today because of the people I surround myself with.
0: Me then, how Motion by the Ocean actually works as a charity? So, mm-hmm. how do people um, connect with you, and then what do you do? Sure.
1: Mm-hmm. So, first of all, we have our volunteers. Uh, we've got 60 of them, about 15 of them are professional people, and uh, we have uh, great people who look after our website, and that's initially where all our inquiries come through. So people can book a ride via there. We're out every day of the week. We have been since we started in 2018. Uh, We're the most regular service of its type in Australia. And uh, we've got two more bikes coming over from Melbourne. So we're going to be busier than ever before. Uh, Actually, at the start of 2020, our bikes were parked up at the start of COVID, just trying to define what that meant and how we're going to move forward. So uh, we changed our purpose briefly and quickly Um, we were having our seniors that were at home and they weren't able to go out anymore because their carers couldn't visit them and take them out so obviously they were being more socially isolated than ever before and we were telling our seniors to not go to the shops and maybe have your children shop shop for you. Um, But at that time, um, Perth was split up into boundaries and it was difficult to access people. So we started to partner with um, two of uh, Australia's largest food recovery agencies and uh, we started doing food hampers. Now we're still doing that to this day. We call that our Moving Food Programme. we thought, we didn't know how long that would go for, but with the cost of living at the moment, um, a lot of our seniors and more vulnerable people are heading more than they ever have been before. So we still continue that. That's a separate group of volunteers, but it provides a more holistic approach to uh, our mission. So uh, we're out every morning. We're always trying to beat the souwester, So our rides uh, start from 10, and uh, we, uh, we cycle between Malaloo and Trigg. And uh, we've uh, just partnered with the Department of Transport and we will shortly be offering rides from Hillary's Marina. It's a beautiful location, lots of shade and trees. And uh, we hope to make that um, possible shortly once we get um, a sponsor or two on board because um, our rides are free. I'm not sure if we've mentioned that, but obviously free rides aren't free to deliver. So we really need the business community to get on board and... You know, we're often said, We re- people often tell us, you know, we really value your work, but we really need people to put their hand up and say, hey, we value your work and we want to support you. You've had some really good support from your local business community, Alana. We have. So when we first got started, it's lovely to start an initiative where everybody is on board straight away, the local council, the Department of Transport, a federal member, Everyone was on board. It's just wonderful to start something and know that you've got support from the powers that be to help you continue. We've had local businesses value our work and they sponsor us. We've got our two trishaws arriving from Melbourne shortly, and as I've said previously, free rides aren't free to deliver. And of course, we would like these trishaws to be out every day to be fully utilised within our community. So we wish to welcome any businesses who would like to sponsor our work as well as any families who may be interested in naming a trishaw as a dedication to their loved one. They can make contact with us via our website. We certainly can't do this alone. It takes a community and we're only as strong as the people who support us. I love how you've actually got trishaws that are dedicated to
0: family mm. members. So people who may have passed, mm. who've died, who used to ride or have some sort of affinity with the northern suburbs or the beach, family members can actually buy a dedication mm. um, on
1: the trishore. Is that right? Yeah, so two of our trishaws are already named. One of them is called Bernie, a beautiful family. Uh, Bernadette, she rode with us before she went into palliative care and she died shortly after. And her daughter came and saw me and said that was the last time all our family got together. We saw mum off in that trishaw and she went for a ride and we really value what you do and um, we want to help you buy your second trishaw and uh, oh, we were just so chuffed by that so we said hey let's name this trishaw after your mum so that's called Bernie we have another trishaw called Anne. Anne went out with us so many times I can't remember offhand and uh, she had and had eight children and initially Anne started riding uh, with her husband and he passed away a few years ago now and then Anne started riding with her carer and then and went into aged care, and then each of her eight children used to take turns with her to ride along the coast. And uh, Anne passed away uh, just recently, and her children uh, gifted us uh, funds to uh, name one of our trishaws um, after her. It's a beautiful dedication, which will allow more rides for more people, and uh, that's what we're all about.
0: So how many rides have you done since 2017?
1: What are your stats? Yeah, stats are great. It was only about three years ago where we thought, oh, we will do this properly and just see what our actual impact is. And it adds up really quickly when you're out every day. So uh, collectively, our passengers have cycled 41,000 kilometres. Oh, gosh. So that's the same distance from Perth to Auckland return four times. Oh. (laughs) And that's what we have done (laughs) on our bikes. That's crazy. That is crazy. I know. So not it's not until you start adding up you think wow we are making big impact within our community Uh, we've had uh, 4200 passengers uh, but now as I said we're doing more group rides so that's going to rise exponentially we'll be able to reach more people but we will still keep those meaningful long rides we very much value those There's also so many
0: other impact stories. I'd really love you to tell me some of the things that happen along those rides. I think you mentioned once about a woman who hadn't spoken French for years and then Mm. all of a sudden on one of the rides Mm. that, you know, that language
1: was unlocked. Mm. So we um, have one lady who lives in a local nursing home and we've taken her out maybe five or six times. Maybe after the third ride, uh, we were cycling back from Trig to Sorrento And then she starts saying hello to uh, people that she's passing in French. And I spoke to her daughter when she um, picked her mum up after the ride. And the daughter said, mum hasn't spoken French in years. And it just gave us, just, it was wonderful. I really believe our big, beautiful blue space of an ocean really unleashes maybe that's not the right word it it unlocks memories Mm. Uh, often uh, we'll go for a ride and our passengers are very fixated on the ocean they don't say anything they're nearly glazing over you can just tell they're trying to relive a memory I very much believe our ocean is free therapy for all of us and maybe that's why um, getting volunteers has uh, never been an issue I very much believe seeing the ocean and being outdoors is just a much of a benefit uh for our passengers as it is for our volunteers
0: yeah it's it really is something that seems like a bit of a no-brainer mm-hmm. Anna. you know you've got this amazing like really i am very biased but i do think we in western australia mm-hmm. have got the best beaches in mm-hmm. the world we've got some incredible scenery mm-hmm. beautiful nature clear oceans lovely sand and Mm. and that salt therapy Mm. of the sea breeze is something there's something special about it
1: yes it's free therapy for all of us it's yes it's very special another great story we had uh, we had a chap, uh, he comes out from Bentley, and we love taking people uh, to the coast who don't often get to see the ocean that often. And he told us the last time he was in the ocean, and it was just before he went in to go into care, and he said to his sons, I want to go to the ocean before I go into uh, the care home in Bentley. So they took him to the beach and they said, Dad, don't go out past those waves because you're not going to come back. And he goes, no, no, I'll be fine. So his boys are watching his their dad um, having a swim, of course he goes past the breakers and he gets into a bit of strife and he loses his false teeth oh goodness so anyway his son's come in and assist him back to the shore and he says to me as we're taking him on the bike um, past the beach that he did have his last woman he said I always imagine my false teeth and wondering what they're doing and I wonder if they're ever better lady on the bottom <laughs> in that time <laughs> I love it. And I just think, oh, that's such a good story. Isn't it? A lot of us uh, growing up have got such great memories of the beach and um, whether you live near the beach or whether you've had a holiday near the beach, uh, it just, yeah, it's special for a lot of people and I just love hearing those stories. And yeah, some of them are funny, a lot of the chaps are cheeky, and but we try to keep them in line. But <laughs> in short, they just want to get out and have fun. It really does unlock that that memory, like you've said. Mm. So the
0: storytelling, the memory, the history, and and also that um, the information, like you've just said, you know. The, a lot of people our generation younger they don't know we don't know what perth Mm. looked like we don't know what the Mm. northern beaches look like we you know we've lost a lot of that sense Mm. of of heritage Mm. so having that opportunity for people to reminisce and really um be able to share their memories is just a beautiful way of of reconnecting them back
1: into society and making them
0: feel relevant again
1: yeah definitely that's a great point we really love uh We have all ages who volunteer for us, but we do love getting the younger people out. Um, We really uh, promote intergenerational uh, relationships or storytelling. Everybody can learn from each other. And a lot of our seniors, they definitely want to be more relevant in the community in which they live. And they can be uh, and they can learn uh, from the younger people who are taking them out and vice versa. So, yeah, we very much value that.
0: Alana, I'd like to turn our clock back to COVID 2020 Mm. and when you had to reinvent yourself really, Mm. really quickly. Mm. So, you know, other people could have parked the bikes, put the chains on and just sort of sat tight for a little while. Mm. But like you've said, you understood that people were even more isolated. Mm. And and the whole purpose of why you exist as Motion by the Ocean Mm. was to reconnect people. Mm. So seeing that COVID times meant that uh, lack of connection and that social distancing and all of those words that we now are part of our Mm. vernacular, that you then reinvented to do something different, which was um, moving food? Mm.
1: Yes, good question. Uh, So obviously when COVID hit, a lot of people put on the brakes and thought, what's next? And I do understand a lot of people shut up shop for a period of time. But our purpose is to have our locals and those more vulnerable uh, more connected within their community. So now we weren't offering tri rides. What we were trying to offer had exacerbated to an extent that so many of our people were isolated within their own homes who hadn't been before because they were still able to drive, they were still able to get to the shops. So the Moving Food Program, uh, it worked out really well for us and it really worked out well for the people we were providing for. We had some carers ring us up saying, look, I'm not getting to my supported person anymore. I know they're at home. I know know they're not getting visitors. So so, so that's when we thought we just needed to reinvent our vision, even if it was a temporary initiative. So starting the Moving Food Programme with, the couple of the country's largest food organisations not only did it help us get food to our seniors but it also allowed us to have conversation so we would um, drop food to them and we would have conversation out of the side of the fly-by door they were just happy to speak with someone so uh, it worked out well and um, I got more of our word out of what we were doing within the community and then once COVID was over we were had more passengers that we could um, take out for bike rides and As I said, it's more of a holistic approach. uh, But, you know, now with the cost of living, uh, the demand for those services is probably greater now than uh, what it was three years ago. So we will still be providing that service to our people. So how many
0: um, moving food parcels or food have you actually delivered?
1: Yes, so... Again, data is great. We we started adding this up from the time we started providing the service. And to date, we're provided the equivalent of 38,500 meals. It's a lot. That's and a lot. And it adds up. And um, it helps with the food waste that is uh, prolific um, within our community, saying that uh, I think it has got better. Um, just identifying uh, who's at need. I have uh, great relationships with other community groups uh, where I live, so I worked with them. We identified where the need was and we got more volunteers and they deliver the parcels. And some of the stories that come back to us, uh, the gratitude that people are feeling gives them a step up to, to get out again, to provide for themselves yeah it's really heartwarming, uh, and the food is an immediate impact. Like the Trishaws, what we do, it's an incredible service, and people just feel this wonderful feeling, they feel um the sense of joy. But the food hampers, that is an immediate practical benefit to those people who are receiving those. So um just it allowed us to dig deeper to see who the More vulnerable people were in the community who were suffering more on a financial level. There's lots of ways to suffer financially, socially. Uh, It's just so important to be connected within the community in which you live. Those of us who are better connected and have a good friendship group, we have a responsibility, I believe, to keep an eye out and to look after those Our neighbours, I mean, many of us have neighbours. We don't even know who they are next door. Just start with a knock on the door and say, hey, I'm here if you need me. It just starts with a conversation and things flow from there. Um, We can all strive to be a better community. We can can all benefit from it. I very much believe that.
0: It all comes back to, Alana, the the essence of who you are as a person like you want to make your community vibrant Mm. and you didn't just sit back and think oh someone else someone please make my community vibrant you know Mm. you actually may you're making that yourself you're actually Mm. getting out there and creating that
1: as i said it wasn't a purposeful decision i think maybe at the time because i needed to spend that uh, time at home i knew i was socially distancing myself so I knew I needed to get back into the community but under my own terms so Mm -hmm. maybe this is why it resonated with me I don't have anything to do with bikes I think this trishaw is a facilitator for the service I want to bring within the community but for anyone else who wants to make their community stronger I think it's really important to see what your community is good at and Sometimes life picks you. Um, It did for me this time. Yeah, I'm not going anywhere. I love what I do.
0: Do you have any plans to expand elsewhere or what's next for Motion by the Ocean?
1: Yeah, good question. We don't have a grand plan to go bigger, better, more. We just want to do a good job within the community in which we live. I think that has been really important to me. I think it's easier to support the community in which you live because you see those benefits it's easier to get sponsorship from businesses who see the shores going up and down the coast every day in communities in which they work so we're just going to keep doing what we're doing we'll be offering more rides but we won't be going uh, further afield we just want to be prolific in the area in which we serve and do it well Alana, it's been such a Privileged to hear the work
0: that you've done, or the passion. It's not even work; it's a real passion of what you've put out into mm-hmm. your community and what you've enabled people to connect with. And everything that you've said, you know, it's just music to my ears. Because again, you know, you you espouse all the the virtues and values of my Warm Table podcast, which also hopes to connect communities and and to bring people together in meaningful conversations. So I'm just so delighted to see how many different ways we can do that mm. you know whether it's through a podcast whether it's through a tri ride whether it's through you know a, a conversation at the um at the letterbox there's so many ways we can connect and uh and make our communities better so i want to say a very big thank you for the work that you do and
1: for joining me around my warm table today thanks sonia it's so lovely to be here
0: Thanks for joining me, Sonia Nolan, Around the Warm Table. Let's grow the community. Please follow My Warm Table podcast on socials and like and share this episode with your family and friends. My Warm Table is brought to you by Females Over 45 Fitness. Keep listening now for a health tip from FOF Head Coach Kelly Riley. Hi, it's Kelly Riley, founder and head coach of Females Over 45 Fitness, or FOF. Did you know that during menopause, women experience a significant decline in estrogen levels, which affects their health and well-being? One of the most notable changes is an increase in your cortisol levels, the hormone that's released during stress elevated cortisol levels can cause various symptoms such as anxiety depression sleep disturbances fatigue and weight gain managing your cortisol levels through exercise stress reduction techniques and a healthy diet can help women maintain their physical and emotional well-being during
1: menopause and beyond remember ladies it's your time to shine